And I think, and it's it's kind of a weird position because in general I'm kind of an idealist when it comes to history and even alternate history because if it's an alternate history, why not make it awesome? But Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I think I look at it and I say, yes, slavery is not abolished through the Civil War, specifically the 13th through 15th Amendments, but it does disappear in the United States within the next 15 to 20 years. Dead bod history. What if? All right, welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History, What If Edition. Today we're going to talk about the the perennial question, what if the South, and we're talking about the South in the United States, what if the South did not secede and basically there was no civil war? How would, how would America look different today and uh, what the consequences of them not seceding would have been? And uh, to lead us off, I'm going to hand it over to Eric. Yeah, I'm Eric. I'm Jake. And this is Dad Bod History. So you discount the fact that the North would have just uh, unprovoked attacked the South for no good reason. Theoretically, yeah. So, I don't. I don't think that was in Lincoln's manifest. So yeah, what if the uh, the South had not seceded from the Union? So following the election of eighteen sixty, in which Abraham Lincoln won uh, roughly forty percent of the popular vote, and sixty um, percent of the vote was won by several. Uh, nominees, several candidates for president, all of whom were pro-slavery. So um, <clears throat> he wins the election. So you can say, well, 40% of the population is is kind of on board with Lincoln and the Republican Party. That wins him the presidency. And in the next month, in December of 1860, South Carolina, um, that has long been the leader in pro-slavery legislation and pushing for some of these things, secede from the Union. And they're followed by a number of other states, I think seven all told, um, by the early months of 1861. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is inaugurated in March or April of 1861. And then in April, mid-April, um, the, the installation at Fort Sumter is attacked by Confederate forces. And that's a Union installation, so there's Federal troops there. Uh, and that kind of kicks off the Civil War, after which there's a few other battles, and Lincoln begins to mobilize in May. Both sides are mobilizing forces for war. So the question, what if the South doesn't secede? So there's a ton of ton of issues there, really. Um, first off, if they don't secede, the Civil War is unlikely to occur, right? So if the South doesn't secede, the North has no reason to go to the South with uh, federal troops. There's no order to be restored. Um, 620,000 Americans from both sides don't die in combat or of disease in the military. Uh, you have numerous uh, farm cities, uh, lands that are not destroyed by just the ravages of war. And you have two economies, one industrial, one agrarian, that can continue in the path they were going. So fast forward four years, 1865, what has changed is the population has not been reduced by war, the economies have not been reduced by war, and you have one nation that's still in one piece. 
Now that's yeah. that's that's on the face of it, right? Yeah, and, and I think it, it's interesting. And when I was looking at this question, I was looking at it from well, what were the consequences of the Civil War? And first one was the Reconstruction happened. That was something that Lincoln was a big proponent of, and different Republicans carried it to different lengths depending on on who was who. But it was basically to help rebuild the South and and reunite the South with the North, and to kind of try to heal the wounds that were caused. However, you could say the Reconstruction was incomplete at best. Um, the South has suffered from the devastation of that economy for decades. And you can even say to some extent, even till today, that the, the South is has been trying to recover from the wounds of the Civil War economically. Not, not to get into the, the racial divides or any of that, just on a purely economic basis. Um, yeah, also... When- when it comes oh, to <clears throat> like social things as well, and this is again trying to separate the economics, the the basic economics, the basic principles of war from the slavery issue, and we can get into the slavery issue a little bit later. Um, economically and socially, you know, if you look at the United States and its citizens, and in this case, the citizens would not include the slaves. Citizens have this um, sectionalism Mm -hmm. at this time. Obviously, you have the North, which is industrial and has a lot of urban centers. You have the South, which is agrarian and is mostly rural. You have these two groups of people that that live very different lives. It's not too different from today, except that's spread out all over the place. Mm -hmm. So in California today, you've got these big urban centers, but you also have a bunch of rural areas. The people that live in those areas live different lives. And so this is true in 1860 between the North and the South. The question there would really be, does that divide continue if the war doesn't happen? Or if it does, I guess where I come down on this, when the war happens, that divide that's very clear, even if it's rough, um, is it's a very shallow difference. It's a very shallow divide. You know, I live on a farm, you live in a city, we're both Americans or, you know, both part of this country. When the war happens, when the war occurs, and we actually end up pointing guns at each other and killing each other, and you come south and you destroy my farm, or I go south and destroy your farm, that divide gets wider and it gets deeper. Yeah. And I that's going to cause... Problems later on as yeah even today people call it in the south will still call it the war of northern aggression like i mean the perspectives are, are it's so stark um and i think we're forgetting the biggest consequence of the civil war is the end of slavery and the 13th through 15th amendments like those yeah. are huge consequences of the civil war and and you don't have those well when does slavery end does does it continue to today i i think that's unlikely i think it continues for another 10 to 20 years i think part of the reason the south seceded is they knew that slavery was is was about was going to end within a generation or so and then seceding was them fighting to keep that from happening have you ever heard of the fire eaters Mm, no so the fire eaters were a group um, a small group and one of the things to consider in the south is that slavery exists but it's 10 percent of the population owns 90 percent of the slaves right 
or yeah. 75% of the slaves. Those are all plantation owners. These are the wealthiest people in the South. And some members of this particular class of people um, were part of a group that Northerners gave the name Fire Eaters. Uh, and basically they were stoking fears among Southerners that uh, the North would erase slavery, would ruin the economic system. Now, if you live in the South, you might own, and you're not one of those really wealthy people, you might own one, maybe two slaves. Um, regardless of how you treat them, we know that that's a, that's a violation of human rights. It's a violation Absolutely. of God-given rights. We get that. Regardless of how I treat those slaves, losing those slaves may not mean a whole lot to me. If I know that I'm going to lose three slaves because of a law, you know, I, who knows how some a person will respond and react to that. Theoretically, However, you can replace that with some sort of cheap, free, like free, like liberated labor. Uh, right. It doesn't and, affect your bottom line as much as a plantation owner has hundreds of slaves. Yeah. Now but even so, labor. if what I do supports a plantation or what I do depends on the business of a plantation, listen, we're dealing with this right now. There's supply chains. Economics is interwoven. Everything's connected. So if you suddenly remove something, that's going to be extremely painful for the entire population. And maybe I don't own slaves. Yeah. Maybe uh, I just do business with somebody. And if they go out of business, I go out of business. There's going to be a cascade effect. So these fire eaters were stoking this fear that um, and even in Lincoln in 1858, he gives his house divided speech. He basically says, we're, we're, it's going to be all this or it's going to be all this. And that's a big thing that these Southerners are going to point to and say, listen, he's not going to let slavery go everywhere. We know that. And in this speech, he says, we're eventually going to free slaves. So he's telling us what his plan is. So these fears are stoked by this small group, not too different from today. There's always groups at the edge on the fringe who stoke the fears of everyone else. And so we end up with, in 1860, people are concerned enough to say, no, no, we need to secede if we're going to keep this institution alive. But let's remember, what if they didn't? So assuming that, that they that can be calmed down hold. after yeah, the election. And, and I think, and it's it's kind of a weird position because <clears throat> in general, I'm kind of an idealist when it comes to history and even alternate history, because if it's an alternate history, why not make it awesome? But Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I think I look at it and I say, yes, slavery is not abolished through the Civil War, specifically the 13th through 15th Amendments, but it does disappear in the United States within the next 15 to 20 years through states choosing to emancipate their slaves, uh, which is what, like I said before, Jefferson and Lincoln, that was what they wanted. They wanted states to choose to free their slaves. The northern states had already done that. And the new states that were being added uh, were not going to have slaves. So I, I think if Virginia doesn't secede, you know, these states, they choose to emancipate. But I think some of the, the weird consequences is if that happens, you don't have the Jim Crow laws. You don't have the rise of the KKK because the KKK was disaffected veterans from the Confederacy that were upset. And, yeah. and uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest kind of started it. 
you don't have those things. You don't necessarily have the civil rights movement. You don't have the Harlem Renaissance because the reason so many uh, freed blacks moved to the North is because of the Jim Crow laws. So they moved to the North in the 20s where there was more liberty and, and more ability for them to succeed. So it's just kind of weird, all these cascades that would have happened had the Civil War not happened. Instead of a Harlem Renaissance, you would have had an Atlanta Renaissance or uh, a Richmond Renaissance in Virginia. It would have been totally different. Um, I think the the makeup of America would look very different if the Civil War didn't happen. I and I I guess as an idealist, I think I do think slavery would have ended within the next generation, but it it ending in 1865, if you want to call that when it ended, is awesome. I mean, that's the best thing that could have happened in the after the Civil War. However, there are a lot of wounds from the Civil War that we are still dealing with today, both in the South versus the North versus Black versus White, as, as we're seeing as rural Minneapolis versus urban. Is, is, is burning. Minneapolis, yeah. like this Northern state, and yet we're still dealing with these, these racial prejudices and these, and these terrible situations for so many Black Americans. I, 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 I don't know if it would have been a perfect world. I don't think anything is perfect, but it would have been in my mind, the wounds would have healed a little bit more naturally had well, states they, chosen to emancipate their slaves without being forced by the federal government. Yeah. The, the civil war itself, just being a war is um, going to create some divides that, that you just can't, that don't get put to back together very easily. Now, the French and the Germans have fought three wars against each other. You know, mm -hmm. the Franco-Prussian War, World War One, World War Two. However, the two sovereign nations, this was one nation where we all said we're Americans, right? But mm -hmm. what that meant and why it was so painful, in, in my opinion, is that um, Northerners, abolitionists, people, free soilers, um, basically said, this is... This is what it means to be American. We're putting a claim on what it means to be American. And Southerners, Confederates, were doing the same thing. Saying, no, no, this is what it means to be American. We have a right to do this thing, which everyone agrees is, was reprehensible and, and wrong. And we, we see the moral error in it today. Um, but both are laying claim to what it means to be American. Very true. And so we can have those debates in this nation. We can discuss them when it comes to things where we take up arms against each other or kill each other. That's no longer a difference. It's no longer a divide. It's a wound. And when you're going to lay 620,000 lives down, um, essentially to secure the rights of millions. people who are not considered Americans. Uh, what, 2.2 million slaves? Is that what it was? Yeah. You're going to lay I mean, down there the states that there was more slaves than there were yeah. uh, freedmen, you know, uh, white Southerners. So it's, it's the, the, and, and the tragedy is that, and, and I think there's a truth here that there's no price too high to pay in the pursuit of liberty. And if, and if freeing the slaves took 620,000 
Americans to die to do it, it was still a price worth paying. However, that doesn't mean there the only way to free the slaves was through this war. And there, that's and I guess maybe that's the better way to look at this is it didn't have to come to this. It could have been done in a better way. I mean, it should never have been done. The slavery right. never should have been done. But it was here, and there was another way to deal with it, and it didn't happen. And I think that's the great loss is that we could have done this better as an as a country, and we didn't. And the the one other thought, you know, if you're going to deny human rights one more year, or five, or ten, or fifteen, or twenty, that's 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 a high cost, and I think that's kind of where we all land. We know how history went, and we don't see nobody that I've ever talked to or discussed this with ever really says, and we, we look at those numbers, 620,000 dead. That's a high cost. That's a high cost. But to deny rights for one year or 15 or 20, you know, to, I guess, to delay it, to delay justice, to delay rights is to deny them. Yeah. And so one year is, is too many. And, it is. And uh, so we know what happened in history. Um, there's a couple other notes um, that came across with the Civil War. Let's say the Civil War doesn't happen, stepping away from the slavery issue. Um, consider the advancements and how much photography was used in the Civil War that really wouldn't have been pursued as heavily if you didn't have this, this demand to see the war. We do see this demand to see the war, and so there's more photographers. There's more pictures taken. That's advanced. That's going to take longer. Uh, some of the weapons and tactics in the Civil War, although the United States is not involved in World War One early on, I mean, those are all advancements in technology and weaponry that that get added to what comes about in World War One. But with with photography, and I think we discussed this before the episode yeah. when. Um, I saw someone on Twitter say the cell phone camera has done more for civil rights than Martin Luther King, Dr. Malcolm X and Medgar Evers have ever done collectively because it's now they're able to put a face and they're put an image to the abuses that are happening to black men and women all across the country. And I think that's absolutely true. And it was such a great point that this guy made. Whereas, and in the sixties, the same thing was said was the video cameras when, when, um, Martin Luther King was marching and, and men and women and children were getting hoses turned on them or dogs released on them and and it, and it woke up the American conscience. I do think it would have been interesting had the Civil War not happened, but photography as it was taking hold and these photographers would have gone down into the South by any means necessary to get photos of slaves and the conditions that they were living in to put to publish them in the papers in the North and throughout the country. I think in a similar way, it could have woken up the American conscience where, where, like you said, there's this white farmer in the South who maybe doesn't even have a slave, but he's like, well, if the plantation owners need slaves, they need slaves. But then he sees these images. It's hard to reconcile your, 
your convenience or your economy when you see the terrible abuses that people are suffering in the pursuit of gain, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think I, it, it was an interesting point that that guy brought up. And I think you can take that back to 1860 with, with still photography. And I think you could have had a similar effect. Yeah. I don't think uh, outside of up to the civil war and up to world war one, in which are the first two large wars to have a lot of photography used um, up until those wars, people, you know, cheered going to war. They, they celebrated it. After those wars, people had seen the pictures. They had seen the documentation of what the cost was to go to war. Um, and so that changes how people approach diplomacy. It changed how people approached, um, you know, joining the military. It, it changed so many different things. Um, so, yeah, what if the South hadn't seceded? Obviously, a lot of things would have been delayed. Um, maybe. Maybe this nation has a different um, way of looking at the other parts of this country, whether it's the different regions or the different um, rural versus urban or even uh, racially, socially, economically. Um, but what happened happened because that's the choices that were made at the time. And that was the tension and the struggle. And, um, yeah, I mean, what if is kind of interesting to play with, but, uh, like you said, we're still dealing with the consequences of the civil war today. 